Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by REMS Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website, techontoast.community, where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Uh, welcome, guys, to the next episode of the Tech on Toast podcast. And this week, I'm very fortunate to have the lovely Katie Moses, founder of Cam Media. And I must know, actually, it's International Women's Day. Is that right? Tomorrow? Today? Tomorrow? Uh, yes, tomorrow. Yeah, and, and it's, that's why I invited you. Uh, say hello, Katie. Hello, everybody. There she is. Uh, Katie, and before we get started, if you've been living under a rock uh, or in a cave somewhere and don't know who Katie Moses is in the hospitality industry, Katie, tell us a little bit about you. In fact, let's go way back. Uh, where did you start off? What what in life? Um, God, not that far. I was born in, um, so, well, my first job out of university was at the Daily Express. Um, wow. So it was Northern and Shell newspapers as as, as it, it had just become, I believe. And I worked on the Daily Express um, star, <laughs> that old bastion of, of news and knowledge. Quality um, rag. Absolutely. Um, and OK Magazine. Um, and of course, oh, wow. it's from Richard Desmond, who also had Attitude and Asian Babes and um, various other reputable. Um, Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> magazines. So, yes, that's that's where I started. And I, I kind of moved through into. Um, so I, I was I was actually uh, in sales there. So I was doing sort of classified sales, so selling ad space, which is a baptism of fire. And I cannot recommend it highly enough as a place to start your career if you want to be in sales because nothing will ever be as bad as working selling space on a national newspaper. <laughs> Just start there, move on quickly. <laughs> but you're still here. And I mean, how, and how did, you've told me the, uh, I, I know how it, the CAM name happened because you mm. told me about that. That was on a flight coming back from somewhere and you just made it up really quick, uh, <laughs> which I thought was genius. Um, but how did CAM come about? So Cam came over, I, 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 so I went from the Northern Shore newspapers, I went on to run a recruitment agency, actually. So I kind of worked my way through through that. And, um, and then, of course, the um, crash hit. Um, and at that point, uh, recruitment agencies were pretty much null and void. You know, they, they just, there wasn't a need for them because there were yeah. so many people looking, looking for jobs and people didn't want to pay fees. So I ended up joining another research agency, which was called HIM. Um, which is now called Luminar, and it's owned by William Reed. So I started there, um, and I did, I think, about six years there um, and left as head of sales um, and uh, mainly worked on on new business. Um, when I left there, I thought, well, I want to – I actually considered going back into recruitment, to be totally honest. Um, but then an ex-client called me up and said, do you think you could run this research program for me? And I thought, oh, balls, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> And I was in, um, yeah, I was in Australia at the time. I would went out to see a couple of friends. And um, so, yeah, literally on the flight back, uh, I had to register at a company's house as I was landing at the airport um, so that I could start this job on the Monday. Um, and that's why CAM is CAM, um, because I had no other inspiration whatsoever at that point. And CAM stands for? It's actually my initials. It's really sad. Okay. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. No, I love it. And, and how, because obviously techno, and the reason we're here today, we, this is my tech show. Uh, I speak to Katie about lots of things, but today we're doing tech. But uh, I think tech must have influenced your career. Go all the way back to print media, then all the way through to what you're doing now in terms of, I mean, just customer base in terms of how you get insight or how you retrieve it. H- have you seen a big change happening over the last uh, five to 10 years? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, anybody that is listening to this that knows me well will be laughing their socks off right now because tech and me is not a thing. I've literally just got my new laptop and I can't figure out how to get my calendar. No, okay, we have to cover all aspects of technology, including yeah, exactly. the people that can't use it. <laughs> so, yes, change wise, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, just for a start, in recruitment. And bear in mind, this is only 15 years ago that I was running an agency in, in less than that, maybe 13 years ago, an agency in Surrey. Um, we didn't even have computers on our desks. Everything was done manually. You know, everything was written down and then filed away in sort of a Rolodex type thing. And the um, the uh, PA for the branch would have a computer and you'd go to her and go, can you send this? Or, you know, so certainly everything has come on a long way since then. It just made me realise how old I am, Chris. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, in in research as well, absolutely. You know, the the traditional sort of entry and exit interviews um, or uh, face-to-face focus groups, they still exist and I think they still have a place. But what we've probably done with tech, how we've probably used tech um, as an industry, as a research industry, is is to smooth out the process of those. Um, And, of course, also to bring up so much more online. There will never be a substitution in my mind for that moment of truth, face-to-face conversations, but they're not always necessary. There are ways that we can now run things online. And, of course, thanks to the pandemic, um, if you, are you allowed to thank a global pandemic? Thanks. <laughs> well, pandemic. you may as well at the moment. Considering the situation right now, let's thank the pandemic. Yeah, let's, thank, let's, let's do that. Let's go the lesser of several evils. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, th- because of that, we've also now got the point where we do focus groups online. I'm actually running two focus groups this evening online. Now, we probably wouldn't have got there that quickly without the pandemic. Of course, What's that like? Is that, is that really different? I mean, I know obviously it's really different because you're not in the room with them. But do you, as you just mentioned that, are the results as good or is it... Is it a bit weird? Uh, first of all, you require a different skill set from the facilitator yeah. because it's very easy to keep control of a room when you're in it. It's not quite so easy to keep control of a room when you've got, you know, eight, eight people online, et cetera, and everybody could be doing, you know, playing Wordle for all you know, um, <laughs> because even if they've got their, their screen on and their camera on, you can't see what else they're doing. Yeah. So it is harder to control the room. Um, however... It's easier to recruit for because, yeah. of course, they don't have to leave their house anymore and you don't have to go meet up in some sort of faceless hotel on the on the A1 or whatever, you know. So We're still yeah, talking it, about um, insight. <laughs> we absolutely are, Chris. We absolutely Just checking. Are. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that is where a lot of focus groups happen. I mean, I try yeah. to run them. We work so much in hospitality. I try to run them in pubs, bars and restaurants to make it, you know, to have people in situ is always fantastic, but it's not always possible. So it has opened up another sort of arena for us to conduct research in um, having these technological advances during the pandemic. And and obviously that and that leads to other people asking for your services. Um, So and I think I've noticed really from watching you guys over the last couple of years doing doing the other thing at EXP 101 that um, you you seem to be representing more and more uh, tech suppliers, I suppose, or SaaS companies coming into coming into the industry. Is that a big trend you're noticing in terms of the people you're working for now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we primarily work with uh, in hospitality and grocery retail. So we work with all the operators. So whether that would be the the retail stores, um, you know, from a sort of head, head head office level, or whether that's the pubs, bars, and restaurants, same thing. And then everyone that supplies into them. 
what we've noticed um, and what has become very apparent, you know, especially in hospitality, actually, is the sheer amount of people who um, are in who are, who are suppliers into the industry, but that supply is. Um, is, is tech essentially so whether that's order and pay apps whether that's um uh things like stints you know that that, that yeah. make you, you know that you where you can um, recruit um people in hospitality you know there's some great apps out there there's some really interesting apps you know we're doing some work at the moment with tip jar which i think is an absolute game changer um, so much so that i even invested in them um and we've just we literally in fact my next call after this is to deliver some research to them and that you know so certainly our, our customer mix our client mix if you like has definitely that tech area has has expanded somewhat yes and and, and all that tech coming in obviously makes a difference and you are a, a goer of hospitality as you said you enjoy going out and drinking having some food dancing occasionally uh, do you think that um tech is helping the industry or do you think we've got too much what is your personal opinion okay um i've got quite a strong opinion about this which is that there are some people out there that are doing it fantastically well so i can mention people like fetch and order pay and as aforementioned stint and you know that that kind of thing but there are also too many, and it's a very, very crowded market, especially if you look at the order and pay app side of things. And one of the one of the um, situations I found myself in is having conversation after conversation with tech startups who think they can come into the industry and, well, of course, everybody needs this, but they don't have a point of difference from yeah. the other 197 that are already out there. <laughs> so I do think that we are at capacity with what we can take from a numbers point of view, because what we're going to do is start diluting the message. Um, yeah. And also nobody wants to have 27 apps on their phone just to go to, you know, 27 different places you want. You know, it's it, that, that I know, we know that from our research, we know that that's a customer frustration, not just my personal frustration. So I think, you know, I have a phrase, I always say that tech for tech's sake, it, you know, is pointless. You, you, it needs to be solving a problem or it needs to be enhancing the customer experience. So in my mind, the tech that we've got at the moment will, I think quite a few people will fall by the wayside um, because it's just too crowded a market. But the people that are doing it well will really, really add business, uh, really add value to the businesses they work with. And I think what's really interesting, actually, is storytelling. You know how um, obviously all the restaurant brands and everyone who's selling a product needs everyone knows you need to have a good story now you need to be able to tell everyone what you're about and people need to come along for the ride i think it's the same for the tech guys i think that uh the more and more i talk to them and the more and more i do this that um you find out that um story actually the story behind the founder or behind whatever it is actually will resonate with restaurant people because that's what they do they deliver experiences so uh, i think it's interesting what what kind of stuff are they asking you to research or can you tell me you're allowed to say oh i'll have to be very careful here watch what i say but okay so we a lot about it is about user experience right so it's is it easy for the customer to use is it easy for the business to use the operator to use um we we do quite a bit of A B testing actually in this area. You know, do you prefer this or this? Um, because yes, explain A B testing because for my uh, listeners, because some people hear it a lot but don't know what it is. Well, it's pretty much which which do you prefer of A or B? So it's like the Pepsi it's, challenge. The what? Like the Pepsi challenge. I'm showing my age here now. The Pepsi. They used to have two blank glasses of cola 
next to each other. One would yeah. be Pepsi and one would be another cola. And they, it was a really famous ad campaign. Oh my God, I'm so old. Uh, that really everyone is. used to, yeah, but everyone used to do it. And uh, everyone used to go and try it. And they say, which one is the Pepsi? And obviously most of the time they picked the Pepsi because it was, it was a great flavor. But that was the, yeah, I presume that was the, the early days of A-B testing. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're pretty much right. I mean, A-B testing is, is generally the sort of, um, testing two different things at any one time. So do you like A or do you like B? You know, which Thank of these you. do you hate the most, you know, et cetera. So, <laughs> but yes, that's that's pretty much it. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, we've, I've lost my, my thread now. Oh, yes, so there's quite a lot of that. You know, we are working with a large tech company at the moment looking at a rebrand, and that is exactly what we're taking out to their customers is which of these do you prefer? Um, I think also there is a need for insight First of all, there's always a need for insight, but then I would say that I run an insight company. Um, but there is a real need for insight in in some of the sort of new areas um, that the pandemic has kind of kicked out of the sand, so to speak. So things like competitive socialising, that's massively up year on year. Um, it's suffered less, you know, footfall-wise than, than um, other areas of hospitality. Yeah. But nobody really understands it. Nobody really understands where does that night where does that particular part of the night out sit in the customer's mind? What do they want from it? What don't they want from it? So I'm doing quite a bit of research into that. Of course, you've got the hospitality at home side of things as well, which is a brand new industry in its, in its own right, really. Um, and again, we don't know a lot about that. So speaking to consumers and customers and figuring out what they want from that experience it has been something that's come up quite frequently. Um, and then, of course, because of this influx of tech into hospitality, again, we just don't know what that user experience is. And we need to understand not just from the customer, but from the staff on the ground, what do they feel they need that tech to do in order for it to be useful and to free them up to give that better customer experience? So I'd say they're kind of the three main areas that, that we're looking at at the moment. No, it's really interesting. And I think um, I was asking someone the other day, you know, if you're a brand new company coming into hospitality, let's say I'm a brand new um, tech company. I've got, and maybe I'm mobile order and pay, who knows? Uh, and I'm coming to Katie saying, Katie, I want to break into the hospitality industry. Um, what could Cam do for me? What could, um, it's a bit of an advert for you here, but what could uh, what could Cam do to help me break in? What could we do for you? Well, I mean, the first thing is nobody should be bringing anything to market without researching first Who's your target audience? What does your target audience think of your product? What is the user experience? What do they want? What do they not want? What do they like? What do they not like? So before you've even, you know, written that one pager to take to that HQ guy and or girl and say, you know, would you please use our app? You need to actually understand what people want from it. So we've done a lot of research like that, and we will, I'm absolutely certain, continue to do so. Um, we also look at where to launch things. So if you've got a product and you want to launch it somewhere, you know what your target market is. We can tell you, right, how, how should that launch? What should that launch look like? Um, what should it include? Um, and then I suppose thirdly, we do quite a lot of thought leadership pieces, quite a lot of white papers, Um that really dig into a certain topic um, and really sort of get to the bottom of the reasoning behind behaviours, whether that's staff, whether that's customers, et cetera. Um, and I think that all of those things are absolutely imperative and all of those things are what Cam does best, I suppose. Love it. There you go. Free ad for Katie there. And, and, te 
And obviously, tech is um, solving a lot of things right now. Obviously, some of the big things it can't solve. What do you think? Um, what do you think it can't help us with? I always ask these people this: what, what do you think tech can't solve in our industry? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, look, we are called hospitality for a reason because we are hospitable. Um, there's still nothing that's going to please customers more than being greeted when they come in to, to, to a, a, an outlet, to a venue, um, than, than being told goodbye, than being asked how their food was. You know, So from my point of view, tech needs to be very careful not to take away that personal approach that um that personal person personable approach as well you know that that hospitable um approach so i do think that we have to just be careful that tech is solving problems and making the customer experience better because otherwise you know that 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 having a chat with the with the 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 bar man or woman you know when you go into a pub or that asking the waiter or waitress what do you recommend on the menu? You know, all of that side of things still needs to exist. And I don't think tech should or could be taking over those areas. And, and I think I've, I've done this to myself because I, I talked about waiting. Waiting is a problem that nobody wants in hospitality. So it's yeah. one of the things that tech can solve. Waiting for your bill, waiting to pay, waiting to sit down, whatever it might be. But um, I also think I might I might have done a disservice to waiters because I've worked with them many, many years of my career. And, uh, you know, you tend to, if British people are not great at kind of putting their hand up saying, oh, something's very wrong. And it's all about reading body language. And I think that's the part that may be disappearing from the industry if we let it, uh, that you can't have that kind of, oh, I've seen a problem, I'm going to go fix it. Totally. And, and also building on that, Chris, it's about understanding who your customer is because yeah. – you know, how a family with two young kids is going to be treated compared to you and me going out for a few drinks after work. That's two very different experiences and that's two very different sort of skill sets needed to deal with those particular customers. And, you know, tech is not going to be able to do a scan of a body and go, right, okay, well, this person looks like they need X, Y, and Z. You know, so, and that, of course, is where hospitality comes in um, and where the, the, they say, the waiters and waitresses and, and any kind of in-venue staff that is something that they need to be focused on. And when we can't offload that to tech because we just don't have intelligent enough tech to do that. And more to the point, people don't want that. That's not what customers want. They don't. And I know, and look, I've, gra- I've grabbed you today because you are incredibly busy as always, Katie Moses, but you're doing something quite special this week on International Women's wow. Week. Uh, you're going on your bike somewhere, aren't you? Oh my God. Yeah. So three years ago, I had an idea to start up an industry bike ride because we do one in the convenience and wholesale industry, which is run by other people, not, not by cam and is fantastic. So I stole all their ideas. I asked them first, stole stole all their ideas and created pedaling for pubs, which is an industry initiative where every year we will cycle somewhere ridiculous for some ridiculous amount of miles um, and raise money for two fantastic charities, which is only a pavement way and the licensed trade charity. So yes, Chris, thank you for reminding me on, Thursday morning, I shall be setting off to Heathrow, um, where I'll be meeting 28 other or 27 other riders um, to ride 335 kilometres through Jordan over a three day wow. period. Um, so, yeah. I'm just looking at your map over your shoulder. Katie's got, a, a, I think, a world map on the on the wall there. Where, where I'm to point to uh, where are you going? It's in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of there. Kind of there. Wow. What's the weather like out there? Um, it's. Probably like a nice summer's day. 
Nice. Oh, what happens to logistics? Who gets all the bikes? How do the bikes get there? Or are they all there or what? We have a fantastic um, challenge team called Action Challenge. And that's what they do. That is their MO. That's all they do. They organize events like this. So they are the sort of logistics people. I'm the conduit between 27 riders and oh, wow. Action Challenge. And I'm organizing everything. So once we get onto the ground, I've got a t- fantastic team leader um, and a great doctor, etc. So between us, we'll sort of do the day-to-day stuff once we get there. And how long are you out there for? If it goes right. <laughs> <laughs> do we, are we taking in the hospital time here? Because well, I did manage to break my hand on the Vietnamese one that I did. So, um, oh, wow. We are out there until Tuesday next week. So Thursday to Tuesday. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling confident you can do that. You've done it before. Wait, so you did Vietnamese last, Vietnam I did, last I time. Did Cambodia last time, Vietnam the time before. Wow. Okay. Well, good luck. And, and I'm sure all of our Tech on Toast people, if they want to give some money or support you guys, how do they do it? Absolutely. They can go on Just Giving and just type in my name and it will come up or type in Pedaling for Pubs um, and that will come up or um, drop me an email or tweet me or knock on the door with some flowers and I'll, give you, <laughs> and I'll hold a bucket out and shake it if that's what we Lovely. And, and on that note, where do people get hold of you? Where's the, is, what, what is your, are you happy to give your email address? I am totally happy to give my email out. Um, please don't spam me. Katie, which is K-A-T-Y at cam, K-A-M hyphen media.co.uk. Lovely. All right. Well, listen, good luck. I think uh, I think you'll be fab and I think it's a lovely thing you're doing. And I think um, uh, out of all the people I'd want to ride a bike with for four days with you would be top of my list, although I'm not coming. Uh, <laughs> same well, well, no, 2023, you know 2023 yeah. list is open. If we're all still here, I'll be happy to come. <laughs> yes we're not going to do it to russia i can tell you that no much. no i don't think that'd be a good route no i think uh, i think maybe just through wales or something nice and relaxing uh but anyway all right that was katie Mose, everyone uh a whistle stop tour of cam media and uh her views on tech thank you katie say goodbye goodbye everybody thank you for listening thanks for listening make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up or you can go and check out techontoast.community to find out more about what we're up to have a great week Oh,